Howdy, 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 and welcome to our Thursday evening edition of the Red Dirt Aggie Show. I'm your host, Brian the Red Dirt Aggie, and we got a great show in store for you tonight. As we get ready for our SCC cross-division rivalry game against the South Carolina Gamecocks. The Aggies will be headed out to Columbia, South Carolina and preparing to beat the hell out of the South Carolina Gamecocks. Kickoff will be at 6.30pm Central on the SEC Network. Lots of big stories surround this game as well as the rest of the Aggie football season. And we'll get into all of that and more here this evening on the Red Dirt Aggie Show. Thanks for listening. Here's a quick word from our sponsor, Heritage Pool. For all your swimming pool needs in the greater Houston, Texas area, whether you need a new pool, repairs, remodels, regular service, inspections, Heritage Pools does it all. Give them a call today at 281-896-5061. So this week, the Fighting Texas Aggies will head out on the road again, and they'll be headed to Columbia, South Carolina, where they will take on the South Carolina Gamecocks for their annual cross-division rivalry game that's been going since 2014. People joke about the bitter rivalry that is between A&M and South Carolina, as they've only played eight times in the school's histories. Uh, A&M has won all eight matchups beginning in 2014, and uh, their largest margin of victory being 48-3 to in 2020. Um, who could forget that game back in 2014 where uh, Kenny Hill, or Kenny Trill, as some people liked to call him at the time, exploded onto the scene in uh, the first game ever on SEC Network, A&M won 52-28. I remember watching that my my freshman year at A&M at uh, some fish camp counselor's house uh, as I didn't really know anyone yet and we were just hanging out watching the game. Uh, it was a good time. It was a Thursday during during Gigam Week. I think they call it Howdy Week or they've gotten rid of it now or something, but Gigam Week was a big deal back then. Uh, the whole week before school where we don't have classes and there's events going on on campus and things, well, uh, that game was in the middle of Gigam Weeks. So there was no class the next day. We got to go watch uh, the game, and it was it was a good time. But A and M got the victory there, fifty two to twenty eight, and uh, made a big statement. South Carolina had just had a great season the year before with uh, Jadavian Clowney, I believe. So, um, a little more history on this game. Uh, this rival actually has a trophy known as the Bonham Trophy. Uh, very, very few people know about it. It was named and modeled after Alamo battle hero James Bonham. The trophy was commissioned in 2013 by former Texas Governor Rick Perry and then South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley. 
It was to be the prize for the winner of the annual SEC cross-division matchup between the Aggies and the Gamecocks. Uh, as recently as even in 2018, they asked several Aggie players and they officials about where the trophy was and what it looked like. And most uh, most of them they asked and interviewed were, weren't even aware that it existed. <laughs> uh, so it's kind of become a running joke now amongst uh, A&M fans about our bitter rivalry with South Carolina. But one A&M Athletics administrator said he hadn't seen it since 2014 uh, when they were asking players about it then. But the Aggies have not lost to the Gamecocks since joining the SEC again. Uh, so logic would dictate that our program should have possession of it somewhere. But apparently it is located currently in the Alamo archives and has been there since 2014. And the idea of the trophy was taken from the Mayor's Cup, which is a trophy awarded to the winner of the annual South Carolina-Missouri game. Bonham was a South Carolina political aide who became a hero at the Alamo and was a natural choice as the subject for an award linking A&M and South Carolina. He was an 1827 alumnus of South Carolina and rode from the Alamo with Colonel William Barrett Travis request for reinforcements and returned to fight after the request was denied. Colonel Travis was also a native of South Carolina as well. So what happened to that sculpture after its creation before the 2014 game? Uh, images of the trophy circulated prior to a and season opening win that year in 2014, but Aggies athletics officials could not remember seeing it at the game or in the locker room afterwards. Uh, so the trophy was intended to be a governor's trophy passed between the governors of the two states because it's such a delicate piece of artwork costing over $4,000. It was never intended to be raised in a player-led celebration after a win. I guess they're afraid they were going to drop it or something. So Peterson said he hoped it would be more of an on-field military-style presentation carried out by the Corps cadets. Uh and I will share um, the article that I found this information in on the Twitter page at TRD Aggie Show, as well as our Facebook page, if y'all want to see it. It's a Sports Illustrated article um, that talks all about the, the trophy itself. But I just found it really interesting that there's this, this whole trophy that this game is played over, and uh, a lot of people on both sides don't even know it exists. But it's a pretty cool history about the guy, James Bonham himself. And uh, I was actually a history major at A&M, so that kind of stuff is interesting to me. But Giga Mags beat the hell out of South Carolina. And uh, now we'll go ahead and dive into some actual analysis for this week. Alrighty, and as promised, it's time for a little bit of analysis here as we get ready for this weekend's game. This should actually be a really exciting game. Both teams, they've, they've certainly had not quite the year they wanted. Uh, South Carolina with two losses to this point, A&M with three, both coming off of a bye week, uh, both coming off of better-than-expected performances the, uh, the week before the bye, uh, whereas the week before the bye, obviously A&M, 
within one play of knocking off uh, Alabama, who was the top team in the country at that time. And then you have uh, South Carolina defeating Kentucky, ranked in the ranks really high in the top 15. Uh, so a couple of solid performances, big improvements over prior weeks. Uh, South Carolina struggled to start the year kind of like we did. They had some early losses. Uh, they had a blowout loss to Georgia and then another loss to Arkansas as well. Um, another similarity is uh, both teams have struggled with turnovers. Starting quarterback Spencer Rattler for the Gamecocks has thrown eight interceptions this year. Uh, their their backup who had to play a little bit has thrown uh, stone two. Uh, both both quarterbacks as a whole for them have combined for seven touchdowns to ten interceptions, which is absolutely not a great look for your offense. But uh, A&M's offense has struggled as well. Uh, but with that, I'm hoping our defense, that, that Aggie defense, can create some chaos and absolutely just wreak havoc on uh, that struggling offense. You saw what happened when we did that against Alabama. Uh, kept us in the game or defense kept us in the game that game we forced so many turnovers and mistakes and our offense was able to capitalize at least a little bit on some of those some of them were field goals where I would have liked to have had touchdowns uh, at the very least we were flipping field position and keeping ourselves in the game and that's what's important is forcing those turnovers and or getting off the field um, keys to victory for the Aggies our offense has to play a clean game uh, and we got to play a clean game. We got to sustain drives. Uh, like I always say, uh, play clean game, sustain drives. Some key guys I think that are need to get involved for AM. Evan Stewart, he's been playing lights out lately. Um, they went to him so many times in that game against Bama. He's now the team's leading receiver. He passed up Anias, who was leading for a while, right? But he's been hurt. So, um, Evan Stewart's already passed up a nice Smith now for receiving Moose, Moose Muhammad's coming close behind. Um, but Evan Stewart's 26 receptions, 303 yards, and a touchdown. Then you got Moose with 199 yards on 13 receptions and two touchdowns. Whereas uh, Anias was sitting with 15 catches. Almost 300 yards and two touchdowns. Crazy to think Nice did that in that little amount of time. And it shows how much it hurts not having him there. But uh, it is allowing some of these younger guys, uh, Moose as a sophomore and Evan Stewart as a freshman, to to step into these roles and uh, start performing um, at a high level. Chris Marshall playing well as well with 11 catches, 108 yards. And, uh, and Donovan Green, the tight end, nine catches, 107 yards, and a touchdown. So it's just these uh, these young receivers and these tight ends and these guys, uh, young and old, are going to have to get out there and just step up. Um, they may have to make some tougher catches. Uh, quarter, quarterback play has been questionable, to say the least. Um, but it was a gutsy performance last week by Haynes King. He really cleaned up the interceptions. He looked a lot better. Uh, he's still not quite where we want him to be. Um, and there's, there is question as well. There's also a question as well as to whether or not it will be King or Wagman starting. I believe Max Johnson still hurt. Pretty sure he's, he's done at least for a few weeks. I don't really see a reason to play him. 
unless we need to. So I, it'll be, uh, it'll be King or Wagman. Um, Jimbo Fisher's been a little bit shy when, uh, saying who's going to play, uh, when asked directly if Wagman will play at all for South Carolina, he said, I don't know. We'll wait and see. He's practicing well and Haynes is practicing well. So I think that leaves the door open to where we could be thrown through a loop and, uh, Connor could start, uh, Haynes could play a little bit and Connor could play a little bit. Haynes could play for a while. Connor could come in and finish or vice versa. There's no telling, uh, I don't think Jimbo wants to give away any of his secrets until he's absolutely has to. So, you know, you want to make him wonder and have to prepare if you are the opponent to South Carolina. Key players for South Carolina that A&M will be looking to slow down. Uh, two big receivers for them, Antoine Wells, Jr., 27 receptions, 375 yards, and two touchdowns. He's having a solid year, as well as Jalen Brooks with 20 catches for 335 yards. Uh, No touchdowns yet, though. Marshawn Lloyd, their third-leading receiver, is actually a running back as well. He has 15 catches for 149 yards and two touchdowns. So he's he's a running back, but he's a receiving back on the backfield. you got to watch out for him. So we'll be looking to slow those guys down. Uh, I think our secondary could cause a lot of problems uh, as long as the uh, the front seven gets a pressure on the quarterback and that secondary could cause a lot of problems, uh, forcing some turnovers. Um, especially if we force them into some bad throws, they, they'll, they'll be paying for it with the way our secondary's been playing. So Aggie defense is going to rule the game again. Um, if you want a score prediction, I'll give you one. Uh, let's say Aggies 31, Gamecocks 17. I think uh, the Aggies have had a lot of success over the years in this game. I I, uh, I think this year could be the same. I think we get it done. I think we're, we're going to get on a little bit of a roll here. Try to finish out this year strong and uh, salvage what we can from this year. Uh, a 10-win season is still in play. Um, I think it will be difficult. We do have, we do still have several tough opponents coming up on the schedule. Uh, when you look ahead to Ole Miss, um, as well as uh, LSU is always tough. Um, and then everyone in between. I mean, every week in the SEC is going to be a tough game. And uh, sometimes some weeks out of the SEC is a tough game when you look back to App State. So you just never know every Saturday. Got to come in prepared. Can't look look ahead. Take a week by week. Beat the hell out of South Carolina this week. And uh, let's get it done. Uh, with regards to the quarterback situation, um, like I said, it's going to be King or it's going to be Wagman. Uh, as I've said before on this show, I think it's time to give Wagman a shot. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't see a reason to play King. He's beat up. And I think I think you brought in Wagman to be this this savior for the program, to be this one to be the one. He's supposed to be the guy. I mean, there's no other recruit that's been rated higher than him coming in here to AM in a while. Uh, I think King has shown that he he's solid, but he he doesn't have the same ceiling that Wagman is supposed to have. Why not play Wagman? Get a look at him now. Uh, 
And, you know, even if he's not what we think he's going to be by the end of the year, you know, we see what happens in the offseason. Maybe someone transfers in or maybe and competes and, and or maybe Wagman gets his act together or King gets their act together. You never know. But I, I don't think we have anything to lose playing Wagman this week. Uh, and I think it's risky uh, on Jimbo's part to not at least give him an opportunity to get on the field this week, regardless of who starts the game. So uh, if I were Jimbo, I'm starting Wagman, but we'll, I'm not Jimbo. So we'll see what happens uh, over there in Columbia this weekend. But as always, uh, I'm an Aggie. I'll be pulling for him. Beat the hell out of the Gamecocks. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. Just we're going to go in there and we're going to get it done. All right. And I'm going to call this segment here Other Aggie-Related News. And we did a segment similar to this back in an earlier episode, I believe it was the first episode from uh, from the very first episode of the Red Dirt Aggie Show that I actually recorded all in one take, and uh, that was that was a bit of a challenge. I basically had to record it twice, practice it, and then say it. But recording a thirty minute show in one take is is a nightmare because if you mess up, you know you get to start over. But uh, with that being said, uh, news around Aggie Land and Aggie-related news, other sports not related to football, all that kind of good stuff is what we'll have in here. And today, uh, saw so circulating social media and news sites uh, up in the College Station area that the the Kettle Restaurant is going to be going away, and that's a little sad. It's it's been there for quite some time. Um, it was a 24 hour breakfast restaurant and diner kind of thing. Um, people, people are pretty upset about it. Uh, Rich O'Toole, one of our guests we had on here one time said, uh, it was a frequent place that he'd visit. He'd been there till 3 AM several times and, uh, was, was asked to leave a few times. Uh, so it was a frequent hangout for him and a lot of, uh, older ags and younger ags alike. So uh, that's that's a little sad to hear that that's going to be going away. There's been a lot of change up in Aggie Land, um, and Aggies do have a difficult time with change sometimes, as particularly with traditions or anything like that changing. They they don't take too kindly to it. For those of you who may not be Ags or maybe new and don't know that, but uh, change change is not always the best thing in Aggie Land. But uh, sometimes it can be good too. I mean, look at look at Aggie Park; it's beautiful. That's change. So times change, and you got to move on. Sometimes it's tough, but we all go through it. Uh, one thing though that that's really tough for me was uh, when when Antonio's closed on Northgate that used to be over there next to the corner bar and grill, as well as uh, some of the uh, the nightclubs over there. But Antonio's closing, that was that was tough. I mean, I'd been there, you know, they would stay open until um like three AM on the weekends and even just to stop in there for lunch for a slice was nice. Um and they had some really good pizza, real big by the slice pizza. Um and they actually I think they relocated up to the Dallas area. I think the guy was gonna uh sold his building or something because the rent was too expensive and they uh, moved up to the Dallas area and we're going to open up there. But Antonius was an excellent 
pizza place and it's it's sad to see that it's gone now it's been replaced by some generic pizza place that's not near as good but uh so seeing that go and now seeing kettle go it's just like man you know the some of the original restaurants are closing there also the that taco cabana closed on texas avenue i believe that is in uh if you've ever heard fighting texas aggie song oh he's a fighting texas aggie you know uh well, they talk about going to Taco Cabana and that song. Well, the Taco Cabana is closed now. Uh, Fuego's still there, though. That's good. But um, restaurants come and go up there. There's there's a lot of good ones. One uh, one that people have been lobbying for for a while is Waffle House, though, and they just will not come. Uh, I think it's something to do with uh, their corporate structure or, or the college station mayor not wanting it there or something. If you know anything about why there's not a Waffle House in College Station, maybe uh, the exact reason, I can't remember what it is, but if you know it, uh, reach out to us on social media and let us know, or or go complain to Waffle House for us. Tell them the Red Dirt Aggie Show sent you and they want a Waffle House in College Station, because uh, they need one. They need one. Think of all the um, hungover college kids you could get coming in there for breakfast or late night snacks. It's it's way better than a Denny's or an IHOP. Come on, give us give them a Waffle House. Ags deserve waffles. Oh man, but uh, yeah, a lot of changes going on up there in in College Station. I mean, places growing a ton, and with that comes change. Uh, in other news, you got uh, Aggie basketball and baseball getting ready to get cranked up aggie baseball had their uh their fall game the other day kind of like how football has a spring game uh aggie baseball has a fall game it's a little different they scrimmaged uh lamar i believe and uh we had some freshmen hitting home runs galore it it looked like a uh good showing for aggie baseball and uh once we get uh closer to and into aggie baseball season i plan to cover a lot of aggie baseball here on the Red Dirt Aggie Show, as well as Aggie Basketball, which is also getting ready to get started up. Uh, SEC Media Days have been this week for basketball. Um, I'm excited to see what Buzz Williams and the team have in store for us this year. After uh, after last year was towards the beginning was a little bit of a disappointment, but they, they really got it turned on there at the end of the season last year and uh, made a nice run in the SEC tournament and were – violently snubbed from March Madness, which uh which I like the fact that um that Buzz Williams called out the committee. I thought that was really uh cool. I mean his uh, our team deserved to be in there over several of the teams that made it in and uh we were snubbed for Notre Dame no less. Sound familiar? If you remember uh the football playoff dude got snubbed for Notre Dame this year got snubbed for Notre Dame. Basketball, so it's just can't ever escape that. But Aggie, uh, Aggie basketball starting soon. Uh, we we made it all the way to the NIT championship game last year. Didn't uh, didn't win it, but uh, you know we'd like to be competing for March Madness championship someday. But um, I but I like the effort that the team plays with now under Buzz. Um, but the talent hasn't quite been the same that we had under Billy Kennedy is what I'll come out and say and be honest. 
under Billy Kennedy, we had some of the best talent. Uh, I don't know what was going on recruiting wise then, but it was working. Uh, now we got buzz and we have all the effort. The guys are playing with so much effort, more effort than those guys were. They were more talented, but now they don't have as much talent. So, <laughs> you know, effort can only take you so far and talent can only take you so far. We need both uh, for Aggie basketball. And I, I uh, if we can get the right guys there, uh, I think we could be a special team. They could uh, surprise some people and maybe make a run. But watching watching those teams under Billy Kennedy was a lot of fun. And uh, if we could get players of that caliber to play Buzz's style, I think uh, you got a championship caliber team. No doubt. So uh, Aggie basketball and Aggie baseball getting ready to get started up. Changes going on in Aggie land. But all in the midst of all that, we got a football game in South Carolina this weekend that we got to win. Beat the hell out of South Carolina. Thanks for listening to the Red Dirt Aggie Show. Okay, and as always, on our Thursday episodes of the Red Dirt Aggie Show, we like to end with our songs of the week. This week's songs are Texas Home by Prophets and Outlaws, Take It or Leave It by Britt Kerr, and Texas Forever by Kevin Fowler. So be sure to search those up on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you get your music. Give them a listen. Spend some great Texas music. Thanks for hanging out with me, Brian the Red Dirt Aggie on this Thursday evening or whenever you're listening to the episode. May we beat the hell out of South Carolina this weekend. Giga Maggies and God bless. This episode of the Red Dirt Aggie Show was presented by Heritage Pools. Give them a call at 281-896-5061 today.